This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Bessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest today is Danelle Green. Danelle is a guide and healer to help you activate your soul power and rise to the next level in any area of your life. As a certified hypnotherapist and owner of Higher Path Healing, she meets clients one-on-one or in group sessions, in person or online. As an ordained minister and owner of Celebrations of Life, Danelle writes and officiates weddings and legacy celebrations and funerals. Danelle and her husband, Kevin, place international high school students in host homes for the school year through Green Heart Exchange. They have hosted 13 students since 2006. They also have an Airbnb in the Snohomish area of Washington State. Danelle has a BA from Seattle Pacific University and was a staff pastor for 14 years. Welcome, Danelle. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. Let's start with your job as a staff pastor. Was that your intended career when you were studying at SPU? Yes, I, re- I uh, majored in Christian education and biblical studies, and so it was a great fit for me to work at a church. And so what's involved with that? What does a staff pastor do? Well, it's kind of a new term for an associate pastor. So I started out in children's ministries, and then when I became ordained in 2006, I continued um, in adult ministries and creating support groups and outreach opportunities. So the job just kind of grew. You mentioned you're ordained. You're an ordained minister, presumably not one of those internet certifications. Well, that's a super great question. So my church ordination uh, took about four years and I was you know, privileged to have that um, as a part of my church job. Um, but then after working in church for 14 years, God said that I was done. So I resigned and I ended up just turning in my denominational parchments back to the denomination. And I did become ordained online, uh, just like everyone else through that Universal Life Church. It's actually based in Seattle. So that was helpful. And um, now I get to do and believe what's deeply true for me every day. So I am ordained online. Hmm. You officiate at weddings, celebrations of life, and funerals. Do you do inter-sort of non-denominational ceremonies? What types of ceremonies are they? Well, I do whatever the couple would like because my job is to celebrate love and to celebrate their story. And so because I write a personalized ceremony, I can incorporate any worldview that the couple brings to uh, their wedding ceremony. And um, so I do same-sex weddings and I've done a Muslim wedding, humanist wedding, just it's all about love. (laughs) It's a great, it's great work. 
Is that why you switched from your church, church ordination to your internet ordination? Exactly. Exactly. Tell me about some of the more interesting ceremonies that you've done. Well, I did a secret wedding recently that was on a beach in Mukilteo at seven in the morning so that the couple could get married um, without anyone finding out. And that was exciting. And then my two daughters came with me and were witnesses. So that was fun. Um, I've also done a wedding where they said, uh, do you hike? And I'm like, sure, I run, so I'm sure I can hike. And um, a couple came from Chicago and wanted to be married in the mountains of Washington State. And so in that wedding, the two photographers were their witnesses. Um, and But other than that, um, I mean, I do big weddings too. And when I did a humanist wedding, that was interesting. And I was the bride, uh, included some information that she wanted in our ceremony and she loved it and so it's just so great i i think mean? i'm not sure I, I know the term humanist as far well, as um, what they yeah yeah what they um in this particular wedding she she and her husband believe in love and the beauty of nature and humankind and don't need any additional spirituality attached to that other than what is and that's fine that's great <laughs> it was just perfect <laughs> okay and you said you do same-sex weddings mm -hmm. yes awesome so when and why did you decide to become certified in hypnotherapy well that was a super interesting journey so i started um, my own business in February of 2015, and um, I was eating sugar in the evening, and that particular habit was bothering me, and I knew that God wanted me to live my life better than that, and there must be more tools out there that are available to help me figure that out, and so I signed up for a group hypnotherapy session in May of 2015, and in that session, I named the two foods that I was eating in the evening that I don't want to eat anymore. And literally, that was the last day that I've ever eaten an Oreo cookie or a graham cracker. If you were to put one in my hand, I couldn't eat it. And I thought, this is an amazing tool. I bet I could use it not only to help myself um, with self-hypnosis tools, but also to help others. And so I went to Bastyr University that fall and became a certified hypnotherapist. I opened my business in December and I had a client the very first hour I was open and it was, and she, she purchased like nine sessions right away even after her first session. And I knew I was on a great path. Wow. So do you work with people mostly on the types of things that you experience like food issues or is it just anything? Great question. So the I have about 30 conversational structures that I can use to help people reframe their story. And so anything from their past that they they want to be healed from and uh, consider differently, or a present behavior like weight or, you know, smoking or drinking or gambling or any of those issues, or to move into the future with more confidence. And so it's really whatever the client brings is what we work on. And it's amazing. Tell me what you mean by activating your soul power. Well, that has been really the most amazing journey that I've been on. And so a couple of years before I resigned my church job, 
a friend of mine who I trust and love um, suggested that I read a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And there was a quote in that book, and I'm just going to read part of it. It said, the part we create from can't be touched by anything our parents did or society did. And, and that was so amazing to me because I was actually kind of, you know, emotionally processing life and my work and, and not feeling emotionally strong which is why the, my friend suggested this book. And then when I read that quote, the part we create from can't be touched by anything. I all of a sudden felt really strong inside. Like, you know what, whatever happens to me or however I react to life, this is not going to touch who I am. And it just felt so great that I could move into my future with more power. And then um, after that, I read a book or listened to a book called, um, this, the Science of Being Great by Wallace Waddles. And in that book, he said, obey your soul. And I thought, oh, I can obey my soul. I can obey that deep part of me. And, you know, rather than obeying all the people that we've obeyed in our life, we can really turn inside and obey the truth that's important to us. And then um, in January 2015, we went to our uh, daughter's wedding in India. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to? how shall I greet everyone? You know, what's the proper greeting? And uh, my son-in-law-to-be said, namaste. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And he said, the divine in you greets the divine in me. The divine in me greets the divine in you either way. And I'm like, that is the the biggest compliment I think I've ever received in my life, that, that the divine in me could be recognized and as I recognize the divine in you. And then it just kept growing from there. And I realized when we each, you know, can access the wisdom, the power, and the strength of, of our own soul, then we have such a great um, place to call home, you know, a place to be where we get to be who we are rather than try to be who we're not. And so I've created a program to help people activate their soul power. That's such a powerful message because I think most people today are very disconnected from their soul and often if they do get sort of any sort of communication that might be that, you know, that still small voice, right, speaking to them, they kind of try to ignore it because it often goes against what we're taught in society is is how we're supposed to be. Right. Yes. And so if that still small voice is pointing you into a direction of, you know, of strength and wisdom and just profound your next step, then that's what we should listen to. Oftentimes we listen to our own thinking. Our own thinking um, really needs to be questioned. Like, is it true? And that's another thing that I help people do is just really question their current thinking and find out if it's really true. Um, And what's really true is what we hear from our soul. Because, you know, divine love, uh, universal love, the higher power, the God of all, if, if people, you know, use that term, wants us to move forward in strength and healing and peace and love and joy. And so that's what we get to listen to and move forward um, with. And then there's another quote from Rumi that says that we shouldn't seek love, but we could, we should seek to remove the barriers that block love. And so that's what I love to do with hypnotherapy too, is just to help people 
remove the barriers from their life that is blocking them from loving themselves and others and the planet. Imagine everyone did that. What a different world we would live in. I know. Isn't it amazing? Yes. You call it's my life. Um, higher path healing. What sort of healing? And so what I love about um, hypnotherapy is that whatever a person brings into the session, they leave on a higher path, just one step higher, closer to who they really are um, and how they want to do their life. And so if we can each just step up and be on a higher path, like emotionally, physically, spiritually, and even consciously, just being aware of a new story. Because our, bela- our brain believes the story, we tell it. And so if we've told our brain a negative story for years and years and years, our brain just is like, hey, okay, that's the truth, I guess. But if we can change our story and believe a better story that's more true, um, then we literally live our life at a higher level. Another one of my sessions is called Life as Teacher and part of my program. And um, what we do there is we just learn from everything that we've gone through in our life. And everything that we've gone through has made us stronger and made us more wise. And so if we can see it that way, we're not pulled down over and over again by um, the things that we've all gone through. I agree with that 100%. I work with my clients on that too. It's sort of reframing and looking at life experience in a different way. And what did it teach us? And how did it make us who we are today? And how can we um, leverage that going forward as as a more positive experience? Perfect. Perfect. What is Green Heart Exchange? So Green Heart Exchange is an agency that brings um, international high school students to America. They actually do short-term trips in the summer as well as full school year trips. Uh, and host families volunteer their time in their home to care for this international student. And what we love about Green Heart is, first of all, it was created the year we were married, um, 1985. So that. And our last name is Green. I'm like, oh, what a great fit. Well, anyway, the other thing that I love about it is that they're contracted by the State Department to bring, to provide scholarship money um, to students who um, would have no opportunity to come to America because they or their families could never afford it. But there's like a 2% acceptance rate um, overseas into this program. And so we get really high quality kids who make the most of their year here because it's really their only chance to come. And they come with, you know, their own spending money, their cell phone, insurance, and very good English. They have to have a English proficiency as well. And so they just come to improve their English and they do all their homework in English. Isn't that amazing? Our students this year got straight A's. Wow. That's yeah. They're just so, so amazing. The students that come are really amazing. And we've had you know, like, it's, you know, 13 students. So we've had many opportunities just to invest in the lives of young people. And it's amazing. And they actually become part of our family forever. So we have a whole shelf of their pictures in our family room. (laughs) You and your husband, Kevin, have hosted 13 students since 2006. Tell me a little bit about those students. Why are they coming here? Why did they apply to this program to begin with? 
where do they come from? And what do you think they take home with them after being here for a bit? Well, the first student we hosted was named Annalisa, and she was taking the school bus home um, in Snohomish, and she was crying. My daughter noticed and asked her why she was crying, and it ended up she had a really grumpy host mom. And um, so we took her in for the weekend, and then on a Sunday afternoon, uh, we got approved actually over that weekend to host her for the whole school year. So we kind of rescued someone and then just fell into this as an opportunity for our family. Um, students come as to improve their English. Uh, many of the students that are now like in college and doing master's degree do kind of international business and the fact that they spent a year in America really uh, looks great on their resume and everything that they learned. Some of the scholarship students are from countries in which America is building diplomatic relationships. So they come here and realize that American people are amazing and our culture is great. And so they can dispel any myths that might be circulating in their own country about our country and our people. Um, and they come from literally, you know, 60 different countries. And it's really investing in their success, their future success. Hmm. Are the policies of the current administration affecting this in any way? Yes. There, um, we have gotten emails from the from Greenheart about you know, contact your senator to make sure that this program can stay viable. Um, but changes aren't happening that affect the 2018-19 school year. Nothing you know is coming that would limit the program at this current time. So we're happy about that. I understand there are placements still available for the 2018-19 school year. Where are these available? And if someone wanted to learn more and maybe host one of these kids, how could they do that? Well, just type in Green Heart Exchange and then on the you know search bar, there's a place to click on host and you just put in your name and then they'll send you a link with more information. We live in Snohomish, Washington. And so my husband and I can be a local coordinator for anyone like 120 mile radius from Snohomish. Uh, so if they're in Washington state, that's a great way to connect with us personally. And so just go to Green Heart Exchange and click on host and you can begin the journey. We, our agency places about 800 students. Um, and there are about half of them are placed now. So there's still plenty of students that need a great place to live. Mm, wow, that's a lot of students. <laughs> yes. That's great. You also have an Airbnb, as if you didn't have anything else going on. <laughs> um, how is that working out for you? Is it in your house? You actually meet the people who rent from you? Or is it more of an arm's length transaction in a separate location? Yeah, you have such great questions. Well, since I'm working at home and we have a TV room that is has an outside entry and its own bathroom and a separate room with a little kitchen sink, we decided that we could create an Airbnb. And so we meet our guests um, if we happen to be home when they come in. Um, or as they're coming and going, but they come in, they get a key to the place, they can come and go as they want. 
and um, it's a very private suite and we have put like foam mattresses on top of any sleeping area so we can host seven people in the room in six beds and literally there's three beds on the couch and then air beds all over the floor and we provide breakfast and it's amazing and it's it's gone really well we started it last summer um, and in May, like I had 96% occupancy in our room and all I have to do is just go in and clean and switch the laundry and we're good to go for our next guests. It's amazing. So what types of people rent the Airbnb? Is it, are they here for short term things like weddings, graduations, or are they here maybe interning for the summer somewhere? Like how long do the, does the average guest stay? Well, each Airbnb is different. Some people, we have a one night minimum. So we're willing to, you know, house someone just for one night and then flip it all over and clean it for the next um, guest. And so some people come, maybe they're traveling from Canada and need a night to stay somewhere before they, you know, head off to SeaTac for something or people are traveling through the United States and need a place to stay. We have people that come over the weekend that are attending weddings um, I have just today five guests coming because they're staying for a whole week because of a high school graduation. Uh, so it just depends. We're open and available. And it's really an honor to serve uh, people and give them a place that's like safe and clean and peaceful. Uh, we live on three acres in the middle of the country. So that there's like frogs and roosters and cows, <laughs> lots of nature happening just around us and people love it. Wow, I guess that's why people do Airbnb. It's a very different experience than your average hotel. Exactly, exactly. We had we just had three guests who were in some sort of a roller derby um, contest, and there were three women traveling together, and they felt really safe here. You know, um, so yeah, it's perfect. It's amazing. Awesome. I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people? Well, I, because I'm a very busy person, I don't really sit down to read books. I listen to books on Audible, and I usually am, well, my, my most recent book was A New Earth by Erica Tolle. I've also listened recently to Mindset by Carol Dweck. And my other book uh, that I have been listening to is was called Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. And so I just follow the trail of what is like available to me, what comes across my path, and just learn and listen every day. I love it. Mm. I have read A New Earth, but it's been a very long time. And I have started to read Spiritual Economics, but I haven't finished it. Um, Great. What are your thoughts on, on those? Well, The New Earth, I, I think what I really love about that book is anytime he talks about, you know, doing life from our inmost being, and I just, that's like, that's totally what I'm talking about for soul power. You know, I love that. He talks toward the end about um, pain bodies, and I don't really, I'm just not going to go there. I don't want to give pain that much uh, presence in our life. So there are some concepts in that book that I think are not helpful. So in hypnotherapy, we literally bundle up our pain and just make it disappear. And so uh, it's, it's, I think a lot less, mm, it's, it's not as 
big as what he um, attests to. But anyway, that's just my, that's my personal opinion. Um, and Carol Dweck, I love the whole mindset thing because it's so important for us to have an open, curious mind where we can learn um, what really limits us. Like in that Rumi quote is if we're narrow minded um, and not open to new truth and really our mind being transformed. Love that uh, concept. And then spiritual economics, what I really like about it is that it took away the whole, um, you know, affirmation thing that's happening and really boiling it down to universal truths about money where we can again live our own purpose for the benefit of you know ourselves and society and have a a vision of our mission in life as opposed to envisioning things coming toward us you know in a more broad way so I think that I look for universal truths that you know are true not only for me but my worldview here in in America um, but also now that I have family on the other side of the world in India through my daughter's marriage um, I, I want what I'm saying and, and how I'm living my life to be true for anyone on this planet so that's what I keep reading and, and learning about I want to come back to something you just said. In hypnotherapy, you bundle up the pain and get rid of it. Yeah. That sounds almost magical. So it's, years and years of therapy, not necessary. Just come on in and we'll, we'll just get rid of it. Exactly. Exactly. I have a 20-something client who said that she, in just the three sessions she's met with me, has accomplished more than like four years of, of counseling. Um, yes, we just get rid of it because when we, when we can imagine ourselves getting rid of it and it just like dispelling, I always, I tell my clients that it just disappears into the environment for love to take away. So you can just feel love, just removing that pain. And then it's not in your body anymore. And your brain goes, wow, that's so great. I feel healthier. I feel lighter. And, and then we oftentimes fill that space with, um, uh, a different feeling of confidence and love and peace and joy. Um, and then when you think about where that pain used to kind of live in your body, sometimes it's in your chest area, around your heart, your throat is a very painful place for people that um, can't speak their truth, your neck, your shoulders, any of those areas, pain can just be taken away. And your mind will tell you how you want to destroy it. And it's really fun. Um, sometimes it involves, you know, yelling screaming, swearing. Um, sometimes it's a lot less uh, vocal and more, uh, you know, a word picture. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful work. Literally 100% of my clients come away transformed. It's amazing. Wow. So if people want to find out more about you and your work, how can they do that? Well, I have a website called danellegreen.com, and that is D-A-N-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, green, just like the color, .com. And all of everything I do is on my website. How do you personally define success for yourself? Such a great question. Um, I To live a life of love is my highest calling, and... Um, and I thought that that was it. So I've just been working on just talking about love and living life of love. And then I came across a um, 
something by this guy, um, David Hawkins, and I haven't read any of his stuff, but it was this chart. And it said that there are like three layers higher of living consciously in the world higher than love. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought love was it. So now I'm moving on to living a life of love filled with joy and peace. And peace is actually being at peace with just who you are. With just being, and I love that about the new earth. He talks about the importance of being, but then the higher level of living um, from that is enlightenment. And my soul power thing is all about living the light that is within your body, within your soul. Um, that light can never be dimmed, and it's you know your strong power. Um, and so, enlightenment to me is a really important word. So now I'm trying to live a life of love, joy, peace, and enlightenment. And it makes life really fun. So what's next for Danelle Green? Well, we're excited to announce that our daughter and son-in-law are pregnant. So in early December, I will become a grandma. But I didn't want to be called grandma because that's not quite so cool. I'm a grandma to my daughter's cat, so I wanted to upgrade this a bit. And so we're using the Hindi name for grandma. So I'm Nani. Congratulations, Nani. Thank you. Well, Danielle Green, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Kate. It's been really a pleasure. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's virtual office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. My apologies for that odd audio. I'm using a new system to record the interviews and I think I need to make some adjustments. I hope you were able to hang in there. That was some great stuff. I love Danelle's definition of success, to live a life of love, joy, peace, and enlightenment. Notice she said nothing about some of the things we often attribute as success. What is your definition of success? Has it changed over time? If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow the show to be reminded of upcoming episodes. Give it a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen, and please tell your friends. What's your story? If you'd like to share it on this podcast to inspire others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. This week, I'll leave you with a quote from the book Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. Prosperity is a way of living and thinking, and not just money or things. Poverty is a way of living and thinking, and not just a lack of money or things. Which way is your way? I hope you'll join me next week. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. is the EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. 
we invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com.